Hello and welcome to my podcast, WTY. What the youth? I'm Laura and I'm a youth worker and I currently work with 10 to 17 year olds who are at risk of gang crime and knife crime. Over the next few weeks I'm going to be talking to a few youth worker friends of mine who've had their own battles growing up and now help young people to be the best people they can be. We'll be talking openly and honestly about our experiences of youth work and delving into the world around us. I do hope you enjoy it. Please know we will be talking about sensitive subjects, but we may also have some giggles sometimes, because if you don't laugh, you cry in life. This is my attempt at trying to be Stacey Dooley. Please like, share and don't forget to subscribe. I really appreciate you listening. Now let's get into the podcast. Hi guys, welcome to this week's podcast. I hope you're all okay in this crazy COVID world that we live in. Um, I'm loving autumn, I'm loving the squelch of my wellies on the leaves and the fires. I just hope you're all doing well. If you're new here, welcome and if you come back, just thanks so much for joining in on this little journey I'm going on. So this week, very excitingly, I'm joined by a TikToker called Cheryl and Cheryl is autistic. And I just want to give awareness to autism in girls this week. So this week, we're going to be talking all things girls and autism. Often autism in girls goes undiagnosed until much later on in life. And often girls mask it. So I just think it's great to get out there. This week, we're going to be focusing on high achieving. In other episodes, we may, we may also talk about those who are nonverbal. But today is high, high achieving autistic spectrum. Cheryl is great and she has her own TikTok. So make sure you follow her. Anyway... Let's get into the podcast. So basically today we're just going to have a conversation about breaking down stigma. We are going to be more focusing on kind of the high achieving side of the autistic spectrum. In another podcast later down the route, um, we're going to be talking to a friend of mine who runs a charity for non-verbal autism. Because as we know, autism is such a broad spectrum. Um, you know, it's, it's massive. One, just a diagnosis of autistic doesn't sum up every individual with autism. Um, so yeah, and I think what I'd like to start discussing really first is girls with autism. I think there's a huge stigma out there that girls aren't autistic and often girls get diagnosed much later. And I remember watching a documentary about a a school for girls with autism and the lady was asked, the headmistress was asked, what's the biggest misconception? And she said that girls don't have autism. And the reality is, is that girls learn to mask more than boys. So from what I've learned from work, uh, girls learn to mask other people's character traits. And that's often why they get diagnosed a lot later than boys. Uh, My friend got diagnosed at 29, you know. So, yeah. Um, Cheryl, tell me about how your process of getting diagnosed uh, as a female and why your diagnosis came so late in life, really. And she was like, oh, I kind of agree with that. So then I got 
refer to the uh, diagnosis team, and obviously the waiting list is quite long. Especially because you would have been an, you would have been an adult then, wouldn't you? Not a child, so the waiting list is longer. Yeah. Yeah, I waited um, two years, and I went to the um, the diagnosis nurse with my mum, and she kind of explained like how I was as a child and like growing up, and then I could help filling the gaps of things I could remember, and then obviously talking about how I was at school and all that kind of stuff, and how I was now. And I did eventually get diagnosed, which was really good, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I feel like it got missed when I was growing up because I was quite high-achieving academically. Mm. Um, I was in like all the top sets. I was really good at exams and stuff like that because I absorbed information, which is one of my autistic traits. Um, and it was just never really... No one ever stopped to like be like, oh, actually, you have a lot of difficulties. We're just ignoring them. Um and like even to get diagnosed, I had to like actively do the research and all that kind of stuff to start the process, um, which is quite common for girls. And that's kind of me. Yeah. So Cheryl, before you got your diagnosis, what used to frustrate you about the people around you and about how you felt and how you used to compare yourself to others? Like how can they have a part-time job whilst at college and how are they coping and why can't I do that? And I used to always like think I was a rubbish person and stuff like that and I wasn't aware that actually I was autistic and I needed recharge time to benefit my mental health because I used to run myself into the ground. I would like constantly work on uni work, then go to work and like try and keep up with everyone else and that had a really bad effect on my mental health. Whereas when I got diagnosed I was like I learned the importance of recharge time and recognizing burnout and just pacing myself instead of going a million miles per hour because it just doesn't work out for me <laughs> and that's okay and like just being more confident with myself like I mask a lot less now and I feel like I'm more my true self and that also makes me less tired because I'm not constantly like thinking people are judging me or like holding stuff in I'm letting it out now and part of my TikTok's really about that and it's really helped me express myself more because I'm like people online aren't judging me and that's where people will judge me quite a lot and mm. um, so maybe I can show my work colleagues um, maybe I can see them in front of them maybe um, they won't judge me and they don't mm. and the vibe I kind of get from your TikTok is it's almost like kind of being called to be autistic in a way I, I know that's the, the wrong words to use but in a way you're bringing like a bit of light and laughter and I have this old saying in life that if you don't l laugh you cry and you, you know you've got to you know being autis autistic is part of you it's not a mental health condition it's who you are it's who you were from the day you were born and once you all through the years once you learn how to have those coping strategies that you do you'll achieve so much just in a different way and it would be boring if we were all the same okay cool I'll come back to, to Cheryl, uh, back to you. You were talking about your your recharging time. That's what I would call myself a duvet day. Um, everyone's got their own, own, own wording for it. So for you, I know a lot of your videos recently have been about sensory overload. Um, so can you just explain to someone what sensory overload, who may not know or may think their child may have, be displaying autistic traits, is and your favourite toolbox kitting your toolbox to reduce your sensory overload or needs or whatever you want to call it okay um to sensory overload i mainly get it when i'm out and about so it can be when i'm out and about like 
where your senses are essentially overloaded. And it can be really hard for neurotypicals to understand this because it's something they don't necessarily experience. Experience? I can't speak. Experience. Um, so for me, well, for a lot of autistic people, it can be like it's too loud um, or it's too loud and you can't like separate the information. Uh, that can be really overwhelming. Or people are just too close to you and you can like, for me, if someone's too close to me, I can feel them even though they're not touching me. So that can be really overwhelming. Um, the lights are too bright or like the environment's just too bright. Everything just seems a million times more powerful around you and you kind of get completely overwhelmed. You don't know what to do with the information. Like, um, So for me, in this situation, uh, I had it recently in a shopping centre and everything was too bright, everyone was talking too loud, all the background noise was just too loud. And I knew that at that time I had to leave the situation. So for me, I always, if I'm going to, say, a shopping centre, I'll always have an escape route, somewhere safe I can go to calm down. Um, so that could be my car, or that could be um, customer service desk in the shopping centre, because they have a whole hidden disability team there. Um, so I knew that I had to leave. So I leave the situation um, and then reduce the senses that are coming in. So if it's like... Dark, or having a darker place where the lights are so bright or going to somewhere that's quiet or putting some music on which will reduce like the background noise stuff like that helps me and then I calm down brilliant and how did you learn how to do that stuff was it that you came up with it yourself or did you have a psychiatrist or a support worker that when you first got that diagnosis started to work with you because I know some people have a lot of intervention and some people just get given the diagnosis and off they go and have to sort it themselves. So I had, as a teenager, a lot of intervention for mental health because mm -hmm. I had mental health issues. And I used to have a lot of panic attacks and now looking back a lot of it was probably sensory overload. Um, so they would always tell me to either stick the situation out or leave. Um, and I find with sensory overload, you can't stick the situation out. That's just going to make it worse and that's just going to prolong your suffering essentially. So I learned like I should leave and I think a lot of like trying to find a darker environment, trying to put music on was I learned myself because I know that helps me and it's been a steep learning curve essentially because some days it just doesn't go right and I just have to go home and go cry at home and just calm down at home um, but I'm continuing to try and stay out when but I think I think it's okay to go home and cry sometimes as long as it's not as long as it's not every day because if it becomes every day then you need to seek that extra bit of help but if it's once a week you know it's bearable it's still horrible but it's bearable isn't it at that rate yeah cool mark so in terms of when you're like advising workplaces how can workplaces help people who have sensory overload issues in the workplace so i think as this is kind of youth work oh table again as this is kind of youth worky based um when you were at school cheryl looking back what could have helped you that wasn't around because you were deemed as this bright spark in school what could have helped you to have not maybe triggered as much into the mental health path that you went down if people would have known about your autism just being listened to so um i did go a lot to the support services at school and saying well I think I'm dyslexic and just stuff like that and they wouldn't even diagnose me as being dyslexic 
even though in my tests I was scoring that I was dyslexic, they just wouldn't give me the support. Mm. Like, like no extra time in exams, um, like no help in class, like nothing, just because I was getting good grades. And I think you can keep up with that, but at a certain time, it just like snowballed, like skydives, like I don't know what one of this. Yeah. Um, and I just cra- came crashing down. And still it felt like no one was listening to me. Um, or just trying to help, it was kind of like, oh, you know, get on with it, this happens, like, come on. Um, and just, I always had a really hectic life as a, a child, like, I was doing school, and then I was competitive, competitively dancing, wow. uh, like, five days a week, so I had no time to, like, Think. just chill out and look after myself. <laughs> yeah, that schools often want to get someone diagnosed, but the ability to access that diagnosis is just not around. Like for some teachers, like I've worked in the industry for a long time. I'm not a qualified psychologist or educational psychologist, but I know if someone's on the autistic spectrum or not. I, it's not that I'm judgmental. It's that I understand autism. I know what to look out for. And I meet a lot of kids who are 16, 17, who have clearly been misdiagnosed or not being diagnosed. And because of that, they're now at a point where the, it's not too late, but because they haven't got the help, they're too late to get into CAMS and it's just gonna be a longer process. It's like, if you have the ability to pay to get diagnosed, you can get diagnosed. If not, unless you're really, really kicking off, you're not gonna get diagnosed until you're older. And, that, and that's not right, really. Anyway, cool. Cheryl, we've got about five minutes left. So, Mark, I don't. I hope you don't mind, but I just want Cheryl to talk to us a bit about her TikTok, what she's been doing, how it's helped. And also, I just want to... I've noticed on some of your posts recently, you've had some negative feedback, which is really unfair. So I want you to also talk a bit about being in the social media spotlight, which is great, but also you still get the judgmental people. Yeah, so my TikTok is all about spreading positivity and awareness about autism. Um, TikTok can be really funny and it can put you in, like, the algorithm can put you in certain groups. And I know, like, on the, a lot of the autism and mental health side of TikTok, it can be quite upsetting and, like, negative. So my goal was to actually make this space more safer and positivity. And I've had a lot of people be like, oh, you make me feel, like, okay about being autistic because their entire lives they felt not okay about being autistic and just all the negative st- stigma around autism. Whereas I'm about the positive and like, actually, as autistic people, we have a lot of struggles and I make people on TikTok aware of that. But I also show people that they can do stuff with their life and there are coping skills that can help them live more in- independent life. And that's all I'm trying to do really. Um, I've had some negative stigma recently. Um, people being like, not believing I'm autistic and like wanting me to prove I'm autistic and all this stuff, um, which I think is quite degrading. Um, and it's not via my TikTok really, it's via other social media platforms. Okay. So I've had people like want my medical documents and stuff, which I am not going to give them. Well, it's confidential um, information. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, well, I'm really sorry that you've had that because I know I've shared your TikTok with some of my clients and I think what you're showing is great, you know, you're showing that it can be hard, but also that it can be happy too, and you know, with your, do you call it, is it strimming or strumming, what's the word? Simming. Simming, so just tell people a bit about that, all those kind of stuff that you're doing with with that on TikTok. So stimming, for me anyway, is a way I outlet emotions or express emotions and get rid of energy essentially, because sometimes I'm just 
sort of energy and I want to get rid of it. Um, and swimming is a great way to um, outlet that. Uh, movement's really important to me and on my TikTok I do show a lot of that, especially, um, well the other day I did a TikTok of me playing in the leaves because I love Yeah, I love that. I love the leaves. <laughs> um, and I was just like happy jumping and stuff like that. Um, and I think it's good to show that on TikTok because it makes people aware that this does happen and actually it's okay to do that. Like you shouldn't be self-conscious, like I'm still self-conscious if I do it in public, but mm. it's helped me accept that and show other people that because it's an important part of me. Tide yourself. Um, being autistic is tough and there's a lot of challenges you're going to have to overcome. But prioritise yourself, make sure you're recharging and just checking in on yourself, like, are you doing okay? If you're not doing okay, do you need to talk to someone about it? Just trust yourself and trust what you're experiencing. And sometimes you're going to have to fight to be heard, but I think it's worth it in the long run because you will find that person that is going to understand you and is going to try and support you. And just know that actually, if you're autistic, I think that's pretty awesome. And it does suck, but there's also some really good benefits and... Yeah, I think you'll grow up knowing that there are great benefits of you as a person and there's so much you can give other people that you never thought you'd be able to give them. Amazing. I think that's completely true. I think you've got to own it, you know. And the reality is, is that the autistic brain is a marvellous place. Like, when you think about when you think about all the celebrities that are famous because they've got the autistic spectrum in them, you know, the motivation that the brain may give you to focus on one subject and it really does seem that there's been a shift in employers recently to try and actively recruit people with the autistic with autistic traits. You know, those in the IT IT divisions and everything like that. You know, it's a brain worth having, and it's also important that people know that it's not always easy. And they may think you're a bit odd, but it's not that you're odd. It's just that you're you. And I think it's it's okay to be you a lot of the time. Okay, cool. Cheryl, where can they find you online? Not literally locate you, uh, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so my TikTok um, username is at underscore this line is mine. So I'm on there. Uh, my Instagram is also the same and so is my Twitter. Oh, perfect. And of course, you'll probably share me around with your people as well. So appreciate it. Cheryl, keep doing what you're doing on TikTok. TikTok away, my darling. You bring a lot of joy. And just so you know, anyone who's on social media gets negative feedback. You're not the first person. Your best thing to do is to ignore it, if I'm honest. And, you know, keep doing your positive work because you are going to help so many people and especially young girls who probably feel like they're the only autistic girl in the school. And I think that's, you know, lots of boys talk about their autism. Girls, Girls don't, and often that will turn into self-harm and everything like this, um, as they feel. And I think it's important to own it and see it's quite cool, to be honest. So yeah, thank you all for joining me today. It's been so lovely to speak to you. Hi guys, thank you so much for joining in with us today on this podcast. I hope that you've found Cheryl inspirational and actually seen that having autism can kind of be cool. I'm so pleased that she's spreading awareness and making people feel proud of who they are. She's got close to 200,000 subscribers on TikTok. So just imagine how many lives that she's changing and making people feel confident. I just want to put in here as well that I know that autism is different for every single person. There are high achievers, there are those that are non-verbal and there are those that are in the middle. So please know that everyone's story is different. 
but please ask for help. If you're a parent, please go to go to a support group. If you're a person got it, please reach out to such charities such as the Autistic Society and many more. Anyway, we will definitely be coming back and talking about autism, maybe to carers and maybe to those who work with people who are more complex autism characteristics. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. Please go out there, enjoy the world. Even if Boris puts you on lockdown, remember to smile and laugh in the, in the rain. Thank you so much and I'll see you virtually all next week. Bye for now. It's been so much fun having you along with us on this ride today. I do hope you'll pop in again next week and I'll be talking to another youth worker about a different topic that we cover in youth work. We do know that all different young people have their own issues and that sometimes things may be a bit sensitive to others. So please be open and honest with the adults around you and your friends and always remember it's better to ask for help than struggle alone. On my page and Facebook and Instagram, you'll find lots of useful links to organisations you can contact to get help. I look forward to continuing the journey with you on this new podcast series, WTY, What the Youth. Bye for now.